0: All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Talk Tenkara podcast. I have got Amanda Hoffner with me, also known as Lady Tenkara Bum. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on with me this week. Of
1: course. I'm happy to be here. Happy to hang out and talk some Tenkara.
0: Yeah. um, So I guess let's start out pretty basic here. Um, Amanda, how did you get started in Tenkara?
1: So I... I maybe people have read my whole Tinkar USA article or whatever, but as a brief synopsis, I loved fishing. I grew up fishing, spin, spin fishing and with worms and corn and whatnot. And I sort of got away from it. And then my brother passed away and I wanted to get closer to nature. I wanted to start, wanted to start fishing again. And I never actually Western fly fished. I went right to from spin fishing with like Panther Martins, and jumped right over to Tenkara, and I haven't looked back since. I was a few years ago.
0: Okay, so. perfect. Um, if you had to give me a time frame, about how long would you say you've been doing Tenkara?
1: Consistently, maybe three years.
0: Maybe three years? Okay, yeah. a little bit less time than me, but that's cool yeah. that <laughs> you've kind of blown up online, so it's really cool to see that. Um, <laughs> when you got into Tenkara, how, how long into that journey would you say you felt like you finally had it figured out?
1: I don't have it figured out. <laughs> I don't I hope that I never have it truly figured out honestly because I want to I want to keep growing, I want to keep learning. I consider Tenkara an art. Um I'm a full-time, full-time nurse. nurse. So, so I I feel that nursing is an art and I feel Tenkara is an art and I want to I want to just keep exploring different forms of fixed line fishing, Tenkara, whatever. So
0: I love um, it took me a while, yeah, though. I agree. There's never a point, at least for me, I've been doing this for about four and a half years, and I don't feel like I truly have it figured out completely. And like I said, yeah. I hope I don't ever. There's, there's always more to learn. And as long as you keep that open mindset, you'll keep learning, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in your experience, what are three things that you've learned over your about three years that you wish you knew when you started?
1: I wish I knew in the beginning that I didn't need to change my fly so much. <laughs> like right now my I fish one mean if I could fish one fly it would be my Sakasa, my dark bodied, dark hackle, soft hackle kabari. Okay. And that would be fine with me. So I wish that I realized I didn't have to keep switching my fly every five seconds. <laughs> um another thing is i guess also along the lines of materials like not having to feel like you have to have everything that you see like i like went on a buying spree because you're like ooh, all these like goodies and stuff you're like i don't know i just felt like i need to buy everything and now i'm such a minimalist and i only have like one fly box you know one spool for my line and one thing of tippet and that's one thing you don't have to go crazy
0: No, um, for sure i that's something i tell people all the time is it's like you don't realize when i go by myself i have a chest pack now that i use but it's because i have like three fly boxes that i carry but <laughs> when i started it was one fly box a spool <laughs> of level line tippet, and a net and i just threw everything in my pockets and yeah and like people dive into it like you said they buy all this stuff right at the beginning and then you get into it and you're like why did i buy all of
1: this yeah you're like oh i didn't need that i don't need all that whatever
0: <laughs> all right, so so far we're not changing our flies often we're not buying all the gear that we have bought because both of us made that mistake eventually
1: <laughs> yeah it happens and like, what you once you're in it you're like ooh, all this stuff everything's so pretty with tenkara you know it's like, right down from the rod to what you're wearing you know whatever but, um, right, so what be a third thing one more thing hmm. just to just to enjoy the moment i love catching a fish you're on the west coast right
0: i am yeah i'm in utah
1: yeah so i mean we have a lot of i'm not sure i've never fished in utah but i have a lot of like chubs and shiners and random native fish that are endemic to this area especially down here in south carolina but no know, like knowing that it's okay not to catch a trout you know it's okay to catch a game fish or yeah after the the elusive brook trout you know that's native out here but i still am but no know, just knowing that you know just being in nature enjoying the water enjoying the land
0: Absolutely. I, I agree with that. Um when I started I was focused so much on having everything perfect. And it was probably I, I didn't catch a fish for my first three trips sure. out. And finally I sat back because I did come from Western fly fishing and I'm like, what is going on? Like I catch fish <laughs> doing that. And I was trying to figure it out. And what I figured out in doing so was I was being too nitpicky about every detail and i wasn't truly enjoying it yeah i definitely can understand your your opinion on that um my next question you kind of got into a little bit um and it's if you could only fish one fly for the rest of your life which would it be and why you mentioned that dark body dark hackle kabari is that what you would choose
1: yeah, because like, even growing up, like, bugs are black, right? Bugs bugs are dark, you know, they have dark wings, whatever. I rarely ever go beyond the hook, the thread, or whatever, and the hackle. Like, I usually, unless it's a nymph. and Right. Whatever, but I usually, I try and keep everything as simple as possible. I want to be able to tie a fly in under two minutes. I want to be able to catch a fish in under two minutes, you know, whatever. So that's really important to me. To keep it simple i don't change my even now in my like practice of tenkara i don't change my fly that often at all if i don't catch a fish like in that stream behind you and your <laughs> beautiful stream behind you in your uh background there um like i don't i don't spend too too long in a hole because i i feel as if i probably spooked the fish by now you know and no, no other fly is going to work anyway you know so i just keep going fish your it's opportunity for a sure. fish for sure.
0: I I read something a while back, and it was, if you're nitpicking your fly, you're nitpicking the wrong thing, because there's about a thousand things that we could be doing wrong. Sure. Before the fly is the issue. Exactly. Especially, like you said, like the stream behind me, these little mountain streams and stuff, when you get into them, the fish aren't picky. Oh,
1: yeah. No.
0: I mean, you get into these secluded streams and stuff, obviously, some of the places I guide are a little bit different. They're higher pressure. Sure. But... You get into these smaller streams and the fish are like the water's moving they're eating or they're starving
1: (laughs) right they're putting things in their mouth and they're spitting out the rocks that are floating by like they don't care
0: exactly um no that's really good i i feel like sometimes i get away from just fishing a simple fly and when i started that was really what i started with i started with just your kabari flies yeah I'm like, oh, let's throw on a blowtorch. Let's throw on (laughs) all these different things. It's like they work, but like you said, sometimes it's better just to keep it simple. Yeah. Um
1: That's what that's what would be my fly. That was the one that was one of the first flies after like the killer bug that I learned to tie with feathers.
0: (laughs) I still don't tie the killer bug, even though it's like it was made in Utah. It's called the Utah Killer Bug. (laughs)
1: Uh, Why are you not tying
0: (laughs) you know? I, that is a great question, and I actually I was talking about it at this expo I did this last week, and I don't know the answer to that. What are you doing?
1: Have you ever fished one?
0: I have fished one, oh, and okay. I've, right. I'm I'm actually out of them right now because the last trip I went on with a client, they broke off the last one I had. Oh. And so I, I, I yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to I need to tie them. I I need to get the yarn to tie it and just yeah. Do it especially like i said they're easy to tie there's nothing to them absolutely um so when it comes to the time that you've spent in Tankara, what would you say is your most uh, memorable experience
1: most memorable experience wow so i last year so i started travel nursing as my career i've been a nurse for a while but I started travel nursing, so I've had the opportunity to go to some pretty crazy places. By crazy, I mean just the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I fished up and pretty
0: down. Pretty out here.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I haven't been Utah, though. i got to get out there. But I fished from Maine to Georgia for brook trout, but probably my most memorable experience was fishing the Sierras. I actually flew into, what is that, Sacramento? Okay of the sierras
0: i believe so i don't spend a lot of time over that way One
1: of s names <laughs> in california and i went down the west uh, western sierras and then i swooped down and i was i fished all along the mountain ranges there and it was it's pretty epic caught some golden trout caught some Lahontan cutthroat it was that was pretty stellar like i took a week off and just camped and fished
0: well you've got two on your list that i haven't got yet and i've got the golden trout in utah and i haven't got it yet so (laughs) (laughs) gotta get that one figured out
1: yeah let's go we can go fishing hopefully i get out there soon.
0: that'd be awesome hit me up when you do because i definitely always looking for people to fish with all right so what advice would you give someone that's just getting started? I know we talked a little bit about like not getting big eyes with everything you see and buying every little yeah. thing. But what what are what advice would you give someone?
1: That starts Tankara? Correct. Um make it your own. Because everyone, you know, everyone is from a different place. Tenkara originally, you know, is from Japan, yada, yada, commercial fishing. Everyone knows that. And I think what's really important is here in America, Tenkara is seen as the overall fixed line fishing. I personally think I do more, you know, Tenkara because I do like to fish it on mountain streams with a gradient with my single weightless Kabari. But it, to me, it doesn't matter. Make Tenkara your own, you know
0: don't
1: there's for how they fish i don't care how you fish just don't be rude to the fish you know (laughs) i don't know you know make it your own keep it simple don't go nuts with things it's literally supposed to be just you the rod and the line and the fly and to me it brings me closer to the fish and that's what i hope it brings other people when they start
0: i love that and i love how you said you mentioned that it's different for everyone yeah Um, so often that Tenkara is a journey. It's not just a way that you fish, and I truly believe that you're you're learning different things for every person. And I mean, I go fishing with people all the time that have been Tenkara fishing for some of them less time than I have, and I still learn from every person because everyone's journey is different. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about Tenkara in Pennsylvania. You mentioned right. that's where your your roots are
1: yeah i'm from the poconos
0: <clears throat> so when you're fishing in pennsylvania are you mainly fishing smaller streams or bigger rivers mountainous urban like what what's a typical trip look like for you
1: so i grew up on the eastern side of pennsylvania pennsylvania's long site so like longitudinal right um so i grew up on the west on the east side north of philly like an hour and a half north of philly and so the big river that i would consider a river is the Delaware and then we had the Lehigh River as well but the tributaries that run into them are very small they run off of the Appalachia or on the other side like on Jersey that mountain range I don't know what that mountain range is doesn't matter (laughs) I grew up on the Pennsylvania side um, that would flow into the Delaware and that's where our brook trout were I was usually fishing very small streams I grew up fishing stocked streams but ever since after college mid-20s I'm in my mid-thirties now. I've been fishing mostly small mountain streams.
0: Okay, perfect. So like,
1: it's not. I mean, <laughs> it, our mountains are like 2,500. <laughs> you know, they're
0: foothills to us out here.
1: Yeah, yeah. We got we got these old grandfather mountains, the Appalachia. <laughs>
0: That's, I don't know if you had the opportunity to check out episode one of the podcast, but uh, the mountain range that's in the background of the actual video that's on YouTube and Spotify, that's right outside my office that I work at. Are and you every, sh- Yeah. Wow. Yeah, everyone's like, everyone that's to me is like, is that like really what you look at? And I'm like, yeah, I, like, that's my daily view. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's beautiful country and like you said it's it's different than you like every every state is unique in its own way. Oh. and I love it. Um, so when most people think of penkara, they think about trout. Um, what species are you targeting in Pennsylvania? I know trout's a big one out there.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I live in South Carolina now just because of my travel nursing, but Pennsylvania known for brook trout. Brook trout is the the state fish. I think it's the state fish of most of <laughs> uh, northeastern United States. I know it is Maine, and I think Massachusetts too. But um, yeah, brook trout is my it was my main. Okay. But, yeah.
0: So as far as I know, some of the other species in that area, um, like steelhead, things like that, have you had the opportunity to target those on Tenkara? So
1: that so steelhead is more like towards Erie and stuff. I personally have not but I know that some fixed line fishing um, companies and like 10 car companies like Wasatch, we were talking about yeah. them. Um, I know that Rodzilla can handle some big boys.
0: What's uh, crazy? Um, speaking of them, they've got a rod. It's what I recommend to people is like a good starter rod. It's called the middle fork. It's nine foot, 10 foot, six and 12 foot. And there's a guy in Pennsylvania. Uh, his name's Derek. I'm sure you've seen him post some pictures on Facebook. Yeah.
1: I sent him some stuff. We've traded and,
0: flies and. Okay, yeah. So he has he catches steelhead on the most ridiculous rods. Well, yeah. Them. He
1: caught like a musky. Like
0: he caught a musky yeah, on. A- caught a musky on Rodzilla. He's catching. I don't know how familiar you are with Wasatch Tenkara rods, but that on that uh, starter rod I recommend for people. He's catching steelhead on that. He caught a That's like 12 pound steelhead on that rod. He. Or, you know what their sharpshooter is or
1: yeah i have three rods
0: okay three. yeah yeah so on on their uh, sharpshooter he caught a steelhead on that
1: yeah that's wild
0: yeah it's just like holy crap like he's
1: such a fisher though and that's why i tell people like that when they start fishing tenkara and fixed line they're like i don't know how i feel about this I'm like if you're an angler you it's it will come naturally to you like casting will be fine the flies you're using, you can use the same, you know, flies for it doesn't matter. Just go out and catch a fish. It's different because there's no, you know, real. What do you do?
0: Oh, absolutely. It's a learning experience and that's what drew me to it first.
1: Yeah. Do you target that out there in Utah?
0: Um, so I don't have anything like like we target trout or carp and stuff. Uh right. trout's my main one. But it just depends. I mean, I've got so many little mountain streams that are Five minutes from my apartment that it's yeah, not
1: like yeah. right now I'm a flatlander I have to drive like an hour west hour and a half west to get anything remotely mountainous so Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's. I mean I've just got so many trout opportunities nearby I am this year I'm going after white bass um, wiper which is a cross between a white bass and a striped bass what was
1: it called? A wiper.
0: Yeah, a wiper. Oh, the wiper.
1: <laughs> <It's a> wiper. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm also gonna try for a northern pike when they start spawning here in a little bit.
1: I would but, go after. My, I've never done it with Tinkara, but when I was spin fishing and stuff and bait fishing, oh yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked about muskie a little bit. Like we don't have muskie running rivers here, unfortunately, but. Um, I targeted tiger muskie a while back, which, you know, muskie and northern pike together. And I didn't do it on the tenkara rod, unfortunately. I did get one on my spinning rod after five months almost of targeting them.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: But, yeah, my my goal this year is northern pike, white bass, and a wiper. That's why. Like, non-typical that I'm targeting. Um (laughs) As far as um, fishing, I mean, we already talked about how different states are different experiences or different species and things oh. like that. Um, as far as fishing seasons in, from state to state, is there like a typical time of year that you're angling in Pennsylvania or is it a state that you can fish year round? What are we looking at?
1: Yeah, it's open year round. Um, the wild, I like the class a streams i guess as i know different states are class in different class a streams you can fish year round um they have the normal the stocking like i think april i forget the first week in april they used to have two different ones for like northern pennsylvania and southern pennsylvania they used to stagger them um the start dates but um i like to fish in the spring and only until like only actually when I started doing Tenkara, did I start fishing in the fall and the winter. I hate the cold. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's not, I don't have I didn't have waders until like a year ago. I got them on like a Black Friday deal. I wet weighed. I I could I if I could I would wet wade all the time. Same. Living in the south like I've been able to do it in January because it's so it's not humid yet or in January but it's hot enough. Right. But I started I started um. Waiting in the winter with Tenkara, but I prefer the spring. Spring's my favorite season in life and in fishing. <laughs> okay. Personally.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't blame you there. I I started Tenkara fishing in I want to say late July. Mhm. We we're going up on almost five years now. Holy cow! Um, but when I started, we were going into that fall, you know, and things were cooling down a little bit, and then winter hit, and things got more difficult.
1: Yeah, maybe that's why I didn't catch them right away, because it's like almost fall, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's true. It was a little bit harder. I mean, there's so much that goes into your ideal fishing situation, whether it's, you know, like, do you have cover that you can hide behind, or are you out in the open? There's just so much that goes into it, and late fall and things like that it's like hey there's nothing to hide behind you've got a
1: so are your trout spawning in the fall or do they usually
0: um we've got a little bit of both like our browns are normally fall uh rainbows are nor i believe early spring right so it it just depends on which type of trout we've got i don't even know how many different types of trout
1: we have the brook trout, and it's not even a trout that char. <laughs> so
0: yeah. we I mean, of brown trout's the same way, right? But yeah, yeah we've got rainbow brown trout, brook trout, cutthroats, um, and we've got three different subspecies of cutthroat.
1: Yeah, that, I didn't even realize how many there were.
0: Yeah, no, it's ridiculous.
1: Until like a year ago, <laughs> I'm in my mid-thirties. I had no idea. That's cool though.
0: Yeah and it, it opens you up to so many different opportunities because every fish is in a little bit different environment, right?
1: That's true. That's true too.
0: Absolutely. So, um are there certain techniques that you're using in fishing in Pennsylvania that you have that you haven't seen used uh, everywhere else?
1: So fishing from the west coast and the east coast like growing up in Pennsylvania and it's very it's really tight. So like on have you heard of the Apple Appalachian trail, the trail AT? They call it the green tunnel. Cause you're walking. It's literally a tunnel of just rhododendron and trees and foliage everywhere. And it's really tight. Even compared to when I was fishing for golden, the golden uh, trout out in the West, it's tight, but it's not, it's just so different. Like you're fishing meadows too. And it's just, it's wide open and flat. And even though you're, thousands of feet in the air you know ten thousand feet up or whatever i just i feel like it's really tight there compared to the west even down here like when i'm fishing these warm water streams for like um the sunnies and stuff like that um it's it's so it's so different than nope. anyone sure. oh, i've all been down the whole at it's the same i'd say like all the way down to the smokies
0: yeah perfect so sounds like as far as techniques, it's going to be pretty standard, just like little like tight areas, right? So lots of bow and arrow casting. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten pretty good at. Um, I use a Tanuki um, headwater rod. It's seven foot ten, like under two ounces. But I've gotten pretty good at trying to avoid the bow and arrow cast when I can. I obviously won't <clears throat> use it when I have to. But I've gotten to the point where if a fish is hiding somewhere where I know I can't hook set well enough good for them (laughs) i'm gonna keep walking i'm already two miles in like there's many more miles of stream to look at absolutely most of my fishing trips i will call them are day trips so i'll I'll get there you know when the sun rises and i'll fish until i know i have to walk back i have to save enough daylight (laughs) to walk back to my car but yeah, I just I, I like to get as much stream as I can more than bow and arrow casting if that makes sense.
0: 100%. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what does an ideal trip look like in Pennsylvania?
1: Ideal trip. If I'm thinking of my favorite stream in Pennsylvania it would be in the spring. It would be a nice 50, 60 degree weather day. I'll wet wait, wait in that. That's fine. No rain. <laughs> no no clouds. Um, and just catching just catching some wild trout, brown trout, brook trout. That's my favorite. I don't know. Just a good a nice fair weather day. All on my sakasa. Nice. i could ever wish for. In every hole that I think there should be a fish, catching fish in every hole. <laughs> well,
0: if you're that's my ideal like day. me, you think there should be fish in every inch of the river, so... Oh,
1: everywhere. There should be a fish in that ditch over there.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, is, that's kind of what your ideal trip looks like. What does an average trip look like? An average
1: trip? Like, for instance... Um... I forget who I was talking to, but we were talking about getting skunked and again with like, with there being even the non game fish, they're everywhere, you know, the chubs and, and it's also a sign of a healthy Creek. So that, that's probably more ideal, not ideal. It's more, um, what was it? What was the word used? Average. Average. Catching a lot of suckers, a lot of chubs. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, Oh, <laughs> wish it was a trout, but they're just as aggressive, you know, and, Whatever, but even 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 going to like the little Lehigh or something, a tributary off the Lehigh River, catching chubs, that's pretty pretty ideal. Like especially in the spots that are stocked, you know, especially if they've already been outfished. A lot of people fish in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, I don't know if you know this, has the most, um, second to Alaska, so most in like the continental U.S. uh fishable uh the most Waterways,
0: okay. And
1: rivers and creeks and miles and miles and
0: miles. I did not know that. So
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's my favorite state, it's my home state. Ask Derek, he knows.
0: Yeah, no, I I believe it a hundred percent. Um, it's crazy, especially like you look at. I grew up in Idaho. I live in Utah
1: now. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: And there's so much water that you look at that it's like I bet you there's fishing. <laughs> And I mean, like just be in Utah here, where I live, uh, just south of Salt Lake, up to Ogden, where we mentioned Wasatch a couple times now, where mm-hmm. they're located. There's 26 streams between here and there. It's less than 30 miles, and almost all of them have fish in. Them.
1: Yeah, I mean, they all do.
0: <laughs> True, they they probably all do, but. You can catch fish in almost all. We'll say that. Um, and then, I know we talked a little bit about, like, rod lineups and things like that, or different rods. What does your rod lineup look like? I
1: probably have over 30 rods right now. <laughs> I, again, I was one of those, like, you gotta try it. You can't go into a fly shop, right, and, and try a whole bunch of different 10 car rods. You just can't do that um they don't know how to sell rods because they don't fish tankara you know and it's okay it is what it is and i know more and more fly shops are getting them but you know so i just i was buying them off of ebay i was buying them on facebook marketplace i just wanted to try them right i just wanted to see what was all the rage about this Tenkara usa rod or whatever so i I pretty much i have a lot of rods that, I, that i've like have been selling and using and testing just a test drive right because you don't know until you use it right you can say that that's a soft rod or this flex is this or this many pennies i don't care i want to in my hand <laughs> i want to go fish you know whatever but you mean the lineup that i take out on the stream
0: yes like, what, what rods are you fishing regularly
1: i am a huge tanuki fan so i I usually have my headwater rod, which is a really short rod, under two ounces, and that literally can—it telescopes down to 13 inches, so I can just—I keep it in my car at all times. And then I have my absolute favorite rod by Tanuki, is a 350. And the reason why I use um, American Ten Car rods is just easier to replace the parts. Like I know a Japanese rod, hell yeah, they're good. I'm sorry, I'm swearing. I would swear. (laughs) would i would i use a japanese rod you know jdm of course like they're creme de la creme but um it's just easier to get american parts and customer service and all that so my tanuki rods are my go-to my 350 ninja is my favorite it's the most balanced i can switch between a a 3.8 millimeter bead head and switch on my sakasa the next cast and it feels like nothing has changed and the cast is just smooth for me so if i take two rods it's usually those two
0: okay i like it um i'm very similar and i have my short rod and my long rod that i carry (laughs) with me i mean and i've always like you mentioned you always have a rod in your car i've always got two rods you you yep. know, you never know when somewhere's going to be like, hey, I bet you there's fish right there and I've got 10 minutes.
1: Yep. Oh, there's a, there's like a waterway right here. There's a green way. I'm going to stop over. I've Perfect. actually
0: got a little canal by my office I need to try this summer. So we'll see how that goes. You haven't tried it? I haven't, but that's just because I get busy. I've got...
1: Hi, to Utah killer bog. You haven't fished that stream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair, fair. But no, I I've got two kids at home, so like it's go to work, go home.
1: I gotcha. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. And then. Let me see where we were at here. I lost my spot. Sorry,
1: we got <laughs> off <the> fishing ditches.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's always a good time, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. When selecting your flies, you may, I know we've talked about flies a couple times. Are you? more match the hatch or are you just fishing what's working
1: oh yeah no match the hatch no 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 (laughs) i I, would i love to be able to be like that's a mayfly that's a i don't even know (laughs) uh, of course i i want to sound smart and cool and whatever but again we're on fishing the fish the fish are opportunistic they are hungry they're gonna eat as long as i don't spook them they're going to eat my fly so i usually what i usually do when i approach an area if it's not winter i'm usually nymphing in the winter but if it's not winter i'm usually starting on the surface with a soft cast not creating much surface tension not too much of a craziness that they're already looking up but then i'll start slapping and then sometimes i'll let it drift further and i don't keep my fly in the water too long if the especially the streams really flowing fast. I don't have enough time anyway. It's such a small area. Right. Three seconds, maybe five seconds. So yeah. I don't I don't match the hatch. I the same freaking fly every time. <laughs> like if you look at my fly box, it's all really dark flies because I'm boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have a little bit more variety in mind, but I mean different situations, right? So oh, uh, for sure. Like some of the places I guide, you've got to be able to be more specific because those fish see.
1: Yeah, but see, you know, like you're an expert for that area or that stream or that section of the river. And no, that's awesome. That's really cool.
0: With that being said, if you don't have a blowtorch in your box, you need Uh, to get
1: Second time you mentioned a blowtorch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually, uh, normally I'm wearing a hat and I've got a a blowtorch pinned in the front of my hat.
1: (laughs) You just hand it off. (laughs)
0: I I do sometimes it's like oh you don't have one of these well this is what's working
1: (laughs) (laughs) every time
0: yeah and it it really is one of those flies where I don't know what it's supposed to resemble because have you seen a blowtorch
1: I'm not gonna lie I have no idea what you're talking about right now
0: so (laughs) So blowtorch is it's a nymph it's a beadhead nymph okay it's got like a soft tackle at the front and then generally oh what's the word i'm talking about you're thinking of um
1: i'm putting you on the spot now
0: i know and this is one that i don't tie because i can buy them cheaper than i can buy the stuff tie. Oh. Right. but uh chanel I, no, oh
1: uh, yeah or however uh, yeah i don't know what yeah it's, it is. chanel it's,
0: yeah it, it's got you know a different material for the body of it that builds it up just a little bit so it uh, tapers back towards the barb yeah and then it's got a little orange tail that sticks off of it like bright fluorescent course. yeah exactly cool and for whatever reason if i'm not catching fish and i throw one of those on it works
1: isn't that the worst because you're like i was just matching the hatch <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean there are so many times that that's the case and it's just like well I'm I'm trying to you know match the hatch, be productive, and then like there there are some rivers like the Provo River I don't have a ton of luck on the blowtorch, but like the Weber River, the Ogden River, like it doesn't matter. I always catch fish on the
1: blowtorch. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Like oh well, I haven't caught anything today. I'm gonna throw a blowtorch on, and then you catch three fish in <laughs> ten minutes, and it's a great thing t- all of a sudden. <laughs> All right, so definitely get some of those. We um, <laughs> make a lot. Yeah, now that now that we keep going off on little rants here, but
1: <laughs> Torch rants.
0: Yeah, gotta love them. Um, <laughs> if someone's looking to plan a trip in Pennsylvania, what what should they know beforehand?
1: Um, bring a short rod. <laughs> um, hone in on your casting skills because if you're not Casting, yeah, you can bow and arrow cast, but a bow and arrow cast can only be so much fun for so long, right? So hone in on casting. That's really important. I'm huge on, like, fly-first presentation, right? That's the whole point of Tinkara is keeping your line off the water, blah, 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 not scaring the fish. So honing in on casting skills is important just because of the tight cover. But other than that, Pennsylvania of a lot of water to fish, so... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, second <laughs> in the u.s for those of you that missed it <laughs>
1: yeah i mean they stock a lot too i mean like a lot of stocking so there's there's literally fish everywhere
0: good deal um is there anything that we haven't talked about or that i haven't asked you that you feel like i should have
1: you should sure have asked no i think we covered a lot like we went over everything from lines oh well, we didn't talk about lines
0: we didn't uh furled line or level line
1: so I started on well furled cause it's heavier and I felt like it was easier to cast. I mm-hmm. still, I still have furled with me and I'm not one of those line snobs. The only fishes two number, whatever. It's honestly whatever I <laughs> pull out first from my pack, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I have gravitated towards trying new stuff to see if I like it better. And if I don't, I just don't use it. But I've started using a tapered nylon line and a level line so I'm like testing the waters there but truly it really is whatever I pick out first
2: okay.
1: and I, yeah, I have to drive an hour and a half west to fish so I want to fish what I like to fish I don't want—I don't have time to experiment I want to go catch fish <laughs>
0: so, right.
1: like I yeah I, for the most part I don't use furled as much as I used to just because I my, like, my loops are tighter and I feel like I'm knotting the line up more so other than that yeah, not furled as much, but I do whenever I pull yeah.
0: it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely will fish a furled line every now and then. I'm mostly level line. Okay. Uh, for me, a furled line, if it's windy, oh. that extra weight is my go-to.
1: 100%. Um,
0: Other than that, though, I just 3.5 level line.
1: Yeah. So what, what length are you usually fishing, broad-wise?
0: Um, so, it varies. Like, my big three rods, I would say, um, again, I work really close with Wasatch Senkara rods, because <laughs> they're nearby. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I, So I fish the sharpshooter, the middle fork, and the T-Hunter a lot. Um, primarily with the sharpshooter, I'm running my line about seven feet, so a little bit longer than the shortest length yeah. on the rod. Um, and then foot and a half to two foot of tippet depending on where I'm fishing um I'd say pretty standard for me is about six inches to ten inches longer than my rod for my level line
1: oh cool yeah
0: and the biggest reason I do that is I fish my rods in their middle length a lot oh
1: gotcha
0: and so having just that little bit of extra line when I lengthen my rod is really nice
1: let me ask you this too do you keep your level line like do you buy like a spool of it do and you cut your own see? And that because you western fly i don't know like too many knots like i i so like i have line already like with a tippet ring and the loop on the end so that i can hook it right to the lillian because i get all messed up
0: I've, i've got a knot i can show you when we're finished that will change your life with level line oh really you can use it for attaching your level line onto your lillian as well as um, I use it to tie on my flies, too, because it's really oh. fast and yeah. it's efficient.
1: No, that's awesome.
0: So I'll I'll show you that afterwards. Remind me. Uh, for those of you listening or watching the video, I will post a video. It's coming probably next week on the YouTube page and on my Instagram on how to tie that knot as well. Sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that, that knot. I learned it literally last week. And it's like, holy crap. Like, like where's this big?
1: Oh, that's cool. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so outside of everything we've talked about, we've got into lines, rods, flies. Is there anything else that you feel like is important?
1: Just go and have fun. Fish Tinkara your way. That's I what's love fun. it.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, Amanda, where can people connect with you and follow your journey?
1: So mostly on Instagram, but I cross post onto Facebook, Lady Tinkara Bomb. Um, I'm Amanda Hoffner, but if you follow Lady Tin it'll be easier because I don't post everything on like my own social media, like my personal page. But I do, I'm really bad at it. I have a Com and my Etsy shop is reopened, but with minimal flies in it right now because I, I need to tie for myself.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I have an Etsy shop that's done pretty well and my Instagram is where I'm mostly...
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Tenkara, the first episode in the Fifty States of Tenkara series. In this episode, we spoke with Amanda Hoffner about fishing in Pennsylvania and her Tenkara experience. If you have any questions for myself, feel free to reach out at let's at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at let's Talk if you have any questions for Amanda, feel free to reach out to her at Lady Tenkara Bum on Instagram. Thank you again, and we look forward to having you on for the next episode. This has been the Let's Talk Tenkara podcast, hosted by Brendan Hardin, Special guest, Amanda Hoffner. You can reach out to us with any questions or recommendations for the next episode at Tankara at gmail.com or on Instagram at letstalktencara Find Amanda online on Instagram at ladytencaraball or head over to her website at LadyTenkara.com. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time, and Let's Talk Tenkara, a Salt Lake Tenkara production.